Please stay tuned. You with Sirius FM 105.7, your number one station in the East Rand. Yes, at the time of the morning, we'll be joined by our very own uh, Mufti Ibrahim Smith. Uh, Mufti Sahib, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, how are you doing this fine, beautiful Juma morning? Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We can't complain, you know. Allah shukar, we almost in the only month of Ramadan. So we're all looking forward to it, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, yes, uh, Mufti Sahib, I can see that nur on your face already. Hey! You're getting into the mood, Mufti. Okay, yeah, looking at the questions that have come through, uh, this one says, Assalamu alaikum. With uh, no lockdown in sight, uh, it seems that we will have a better Ramadan uh, this year. And uh, your thoughts, uh, please, uh, Mufti Saab? Gee, uh, there's no lockdown in sight yet, uh, Shafar, but remember this government is full of surprises, you know. Just because there was no lockdown for Easter doesn't mean we won't have a lockdown in or during Ramadan. We make dua, Allah keep the lockdown away so we can have a normal Ramadan, attending Salat al-Tarawih and, of course, feeding the poor people and uh, congregating as well. You know, that is all part of the essence and true spirit of the month of Ramadan. We can only make dua and ask Allah to keep the cases uh, as low as possible and remove the pandemic at the same time, inshallah, because now this year we will appreciate Ramadan more. I hope so, Shafat, because last year we were deprived, you know, so this year, inshallah, I hope uh, that we will take full benefit of the month of Ramadan, G. Absolutely, Mufti Saab. Uh, this question uh, says... Uh, Okay, let's start off with Assalamu alaikum. My husband passed away after completing the Iddat. Must one go out of the house to show that the Iddat has ended? Jazakallah khair, Mufti. No, it is not necessary to go out of uh, the house first and foremost. It Allah, Allah grant uh, your husband Jannatul Firdaus, inshallah. It is not necessary for a woman to show that uh, her iddah has been completed. Uh, you know, if there's a need to go out of the house, then no problem. But her life can resume as uh, normal. She can apply, of course, uh, makeup and whatever things females do within the household. All those things that were uh, not permitted for during the iddah period, uh, that will be permitted for now after the iddah period, G. Assalamu alaikum. If I wake up late for Fajr and only read my farz, is there kaza for the Sunnah, Mufti Saab? Yes, in the Hanafi Mazhab, you can make the two nafal rakaat that you must. If uh, there is a sufficient time for you, you can do that, inshallah. Uh, remember, the emphasis has been placed on the two rakaat uh, prior to Salat al-Fajr, the Sunnah rakaat shafat. You know, sometimes people are very, very unmindful of that also, and they rush to perform uh, the farb only. So immediately after that, you can read your nafal salaji. Yes, sir, Mufti Saab, uh, will taking uh, the COVID-19 vaccine in Ramadan nullify my fast, or should I take it after Ramadan? So basically two questions being asked here. One, taking the COVID-19 vaccine in Ramadan. So this vaccine will be like any other vaccine that a person takes during the month of Ramadan or any other injection also. Shafat, you remember these flu shots and a vitamin B12 in this in uh, that type of uh, injections, intravenous or intramuscular. So the COVID vaccine also it's intramuscular because it has been injected uh, through the muscle uh, tissue, you know. So we're not discussing the nature of the ingredients here. The person is only questioning about about the needle piercing of the skin, so that won't nullify 
the fast. I'm repeating myself. It won't nullify the fast. Is it better to take after Ramadan? Yes, it is better than to take after Ramadan for those people who want to take the COVID-19 vaccine with full information about the harms and the pros and the cons of the vaccine. Please make an informed decision when doing so because it is irreversible. Once you take it, you cannot undo it. So my suggestion would be then to take it after Ramadan, inshallah. Yes, uh, Mufti's uh, suggestion, take it after Ramadan, people. Can uh, South Africans uh, follow the Saudi uh, moon sighting committee? Hey, are the ban cakes dar in the cup? Who can it with yellow? Hey, dar come the man, dar come the Yes, Mufti Saab, your comments. Uh, Shafat, uh, I hope and pray that we will have no issues this year regarding the moon sighting for Ramadan. I think we had a couple of ups and downs in the last couple of years, you know. So no, we shouldn't follow the Saudi moon sighting uh, committee. they based on calculations most of the time. Uh, we follow the, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded, you know, that we sight the moon physically with our own eyes. And we have capable people here in Cape Town and scattered throughout the rest of South Africa. There's no need uh, to import a view from Saudi Arabia, especially if that view is not a credible view. They themselves have uh, differences of opinions among themselves, you know. So we stick to our local moon sighting, inshallah. Gee. Well, I like that. And uh, the man cakers, uh, Mufti Saab, uh, he is from the Barrel, from the Kaf, that piece of land. Uh, you know, is a uh, man cakers uh, a group of people? Is it hereditary? Whether the grandfather did it and the son did it and his son will do it and go on and on, Mufti Saab? Uh, yes, it is. It is part of it. And uh, they also add other people to it. But it's years and years of experience, 50, 60, 70. It could be longer than that also. Uh, that committee has been formed and they're doing an excellent sterling job, uh, Shafat. And uh, you know what is the beauty of that? That they normally converse with people from up north and up south also, you know, to ask if they have sighted them on. And even here from Skarsgård, when I stand on my stoop, we've got clear, clear visuals uh, regarding the moon every month. There's no need for, for having aids like telescopes, etc., although we have that as well. So the best is then to observe the moon as we normally observe it, and that is with the naked IG. Yeah, there were times around the country we had, uh, you know, the big boys of the, or the big trustees of certain massages, or a higher aeroplane or, you know, a small Cessna, and they fly over the clouds to look for the moon, uh, Mufti Saab. I don't know, <laughs> do, you re- <laughs> do you recall those days, uh, Mufti? <laughs> I, I, recall, I recall all of those uh, days, Shafat. Uh, the Nabi al made it so easy in Humma Alaikum Fakminu Talatin. In the days when it is cloudy and you cannot observe the moon, then uh, just complete 30 days and start the, the new month after that, you know, that fueling an airplane and endangering yourself and going high up in the sky. I mean, all of that is completely unnecessary, G. Yeah, maybe we can write a short story on that. I wonder who were those... Uh... <laughs> Hey, the, hey, with the Molvi in the front seat and all that. <laughs> look there, look there. No, it's a cloudy. No, it's not a. No, that's a star, man. It's not a moon. Okay. Uh, Mufti Saba, this question says <laughs> Can we uh, use a Sakar money to pay the debts of our deceased father, Mufti Saab? You cannot use the card money for that because you can't make him the owner of that money. Uh, all debts needs to be settled before uh, the entire estate is being distributed. So debts should come out from the estate before the heirs receive their prescribed shares, which the Quran is allocated to them. Uh, people shouldn't confuse the two. You know, sometimes the heirs want their money first, but we first need to calculate all the amount of debts that the deceased left behind, and then when we total that amount, we subtract it 
it from the entire estate in the Mabakia. What is left from there after that will be distributed to the heirs according to the prescribed shares. If a person wants to use his own money after that to pay off the, uh, say for instance, there's no money in the estate and a person wants to take his own money, he can use his own normal money and pay off uh, the debts of a disease, but not from the card money, G. Assalamu alaikum, uh, Mufti Saab. Some Arabs eat all mutton and beef if it, if, if, if it was slaughtered by a Jew or a Christian. They say uh, that is in the Quran. Allah permits uh, the meat slaughtered by the people of the book. The ulama now say that there are no, uh, there are no people of the book anymore and have uh, such uh, made uh, that haram. Mufti Saab, please comment. Mufti? Very, very good. Good question, Shafat. You must remember the people of the book, the people of the scripture. I don't think you find of them anymore because they are not the people that uh, Allah spoken about in the Quran. The book has been distorted many times after that. Uh, you see, so that is why the ulama is deduced to be a part of the Ahlul Kitab, the people of the scripture. Uh, you need to see the ancestors and trace it all the way back to the people of the original scripture. And because they've distorted the book and they believe in Trinity and all these other things that they believe in and the Jews as well, they've distorted the Torah. That means that this ruling doesn't apply to them. And uh, because you cannot trust uh, their slaughtering, uh, it is not in accordance with Islam, four veins, etc. And uh, the way they kill, it is not even slaughtering, the way they kill the animals. Uh, that factors you have to weigh in as well. So if that is not done according uh, to how they've been uh, commanded and what Islam is prescribed with regards to uh, to slaughtering, slaughtering, the rituals of slaughtering, it is safer and best then to avoid eating from these people, Shabbat, because you do not know whose name they've invoked in their slaughtering. It could be in the name of Islam, it could be in the name of any other idol. So all of that uh, is there. It is a reality. One needs to be very, very careful what you eat on, just because of some Arab people. In the, and remember, people, that uh, just uh, because they are Arabs doesn't mean they are super pious people, or just because they wear a turban and a topi and a kurta doesn't mean they're super pious people. I've seen uh, Arabs doing funny things in my life as well. So what Islam says, that is what is important. And here we should listen to that ulama that is not permitted to speak. Mm, absolutely, Mufti Saba. Does a COVID-19 test invalidate the fast? There's two types of testings uh, being done, uh, Shafat. In fact, there's more than two types. One is, uh, I went for one on Sunday that was an antibody test. So it's just a prick of uh, the finger. I went in Durban, you know, and just had a prick on my finger to see some antibodies. That is one. Then you get the swab test. So sometimes they'll put it through the nasal cavity, right through your nose, uh, to the back of your nose. And sometimes they will insert it through your throat as well, uh, there where the tonsil area is. So in both cases, a dry swab is being used, just a piece of cotton that is attached to a stick, you know, or piece of plastic. So because there's no uh, water or no liquids uh, attached to that piece of cotton, it will not uh, invalidate your fast. It will uh, remain. Your fasting will be intact, inshallah, and you will not have to repeat that fasting. Yes, if they add any additives, any liquid uh, to that uh, piece of swab, uh, the piece of cotton and it goes to the back of your throat, then uh, you will have to repeat that fasting gene. A uh, message on my screen says, also I heard that it is a sin to ask a Muslim of the food he's serving uh, by telling him, is it halal or haram? What should we do, Mufti Saab? 
You should ask, uh, Shafab, you should ask. Uh, it is not a sin to ask and inquire, especially if you are very, very cautious about what you eat and what you put into your body, you know. We've seen many, many outlets that display the sign of a moon and a star, but yet the food is not halal. The food has been contaminated. We saw Muslim uh, uh, places selling, uh, and I have the picture still, you know, uh, uh, meat and sausages and polonies and other products that has the halal stamp on but when you look at the label then you'll see 28% pork and they will just call it as uh, mislabeling etc so if you're not going to ask these type of questions you're never going to know you're going to contaminate your body and you're going to contaminate your iman also your salah will also be rejected your du'as won't be accepted also so there's no harm in asking the nature and the origin of where the food and the sources of the food come from G. Now Mufti Saab there's a scenario here. Someone comes to my place, I invite you, and you say, brother, is your food halal? I'll just look at him. i say, brother, there's the door. That would be my answer. I'm sure Mufti Sahib, if some of them, uh, Mufti Ibrahim, is your food? You know, Mufti Ibrahim, you will not play because you are a nine foot tall. You'll pick that guy up and say, you know what? I'm insulted. Mufti Sahib, perhaps your comment. Yes, I think in my case, I'll just call the two pit bulls to take care of Metis Shafat instead of getting <laughs> my own hands dirty. Uh, that would be the easier uh, option, you know, but to get people, but you see, you need wisdom and uh, you, you shouldn't uh, uh, disrespect other people in their own homes as well. If you are unsure and then rather make an excuse and say that I've eaten already or I'm not hungry at this moment or I do not eat a particular type of thing uh, that you can do, there's different ways and means uh, than insulting a person in his face. But there is also no harm in the person being questioned also. He has the right to answer and uh, he can tell the person there's the door as well. Gee. <laughs> hey, no. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Okay. Mufti Sab, this question says, can a person who suffers from a Parkinson disease fast during Ramadan? That depends on the advice given by a Muslim, certified Muslim uh, medical practitioner. Uh, remember, in Parkinson's disease, sometimes people need to take tablets quite frequently, uh, depending on how severe the disease is. Uh, I know people are suffering from Parkinson's disease. All those sufferers out there in Alzheimer's as well. It is a dreaded uh, disease, you know. So if a doctor advises a person that he can fast, a Muslim doctor, then the person may do so. And those days that a person cannot fast at all, then the person cannot fast, uh, and it is a lifetime disease in terminal illness, so in that case, then the person will have to pay fidya every day for all those fasts that the person has must give. Yeah, uh, every day, how much he has to pay with this uh, fidya? Uh, it, it, it varies, uh, Shafat, from province to province and from mazhab to mazhab. So there's different views. Uh, uh, this year it will be calculated uh, according to uh, uh, the dollar and according to uh, the price of wheat, etc. So uh, they will calculate it and then they will let us know. But uh, basically, I think Fidya will be about 20 bucks in the Hanafi mazhab and Fidya in the Shafi mazhab will be about 7 rand. So one is calculating rice, one is calculating the price of wheat. So that's why there's a difference in uh, the price indicators, G. Well, now, people, you know which is a more expensive mazab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mazab, G. Anna Shafi, Kulu Mafi. But a seven brand will do. Okay. <laughs> hey. Yes. Seven Thir- brands. 13 bucks more. 13 million more per day t- times uh, 30 days. 
uh, that's, uh, if you want to ca- calculate it like that, you know, so 20 times, uh, it will be about 600 bucks, I think, in the Hanafi Mazab, uh, for the month, you know, in about, uh, 240 and for a Shafi person for the entire month. Gee. And what about if the person says, you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm not well, I'm chronically ill, but Allah has blessed me and I would love to give uh, more than the Fidya amount. What happens then, Mufti Sam? More. Even if you give more, Allah appreciates it so much, you know, you will be rewarded more because remember, Fidya is feeding a poor person, someone who doesn't actually have uh, during the month of Ramadan. So you're getting the reward of feeding and you're getting the reward of doing something which is compulsory uh, by paying Fidya. So how much more reward can a person want? So it is always better uh, to give a little bit extra if you can afford it. And what's a kafara, Mufti Saab? Kafara, that uh, was also the price of uh, Fidya uh, Shafat, so that is for a person like, for example, uh, if a person in the Shafi Mazat, a female that uh, is fearing she is uh, pregnant, you know, and fearing then for the sake of her baby. So in that case, she will have to pay in the day that she has missed, and she will have to pay that Kafara also, meaning she will have to feed a poor person as well. She will have to look at the staple food of a person's uh, diet. So in our country, I say normally it is bread, but other people will differentiate this rice, so that you'll have to pay also for every day that you have missed. Gee. And then there's Kafara, remember? Kafara, Different kafara shafat for a person, example, uh, that is broken his fast during the month of Ramadan by having relations with his wife. So that kafara will differ also. So he'll have to pay in uh, two months or he'll have to feed 60 people uh, for every day that he has must gee. Sure, 60 people he has to feed. So he must cook per a big day of food. Oh, <laughs> so he must make a big day again. Okay. That's another story. Okay. Alhamdulillah. Interesting. (laughs) Is it permissible to make nikah during Ramadan? It is permissible. Is it advisable? That's another question. Yes, it is permissible for a person to make nikah during the month of Ramadan. Uh, And of course, his life can be normal from after Maghrib until just before Fajr. Uh, Is it advisable, Shafat? It depends on a person's nature, you know. Uh, If a person is a weak Muslim or a person does not uh, uh, want to spoil his fast, then it is then better for him to uh, delay till after Ramadan, G. Mufti, if I brought an appliance uh, home without saying anything, does my wife automatically become the owner? Mufti Sa? No, Shafat, uh, that is a big thing uh, amongst us, you know, because after the demise of the husband, then the children and the mother will fight over things that the father is brought into the household. So if a person does not specify that this belongs to my wife or this belongs to my children, then he will still be the owner of that, whether it be a fridge, a washing machine, etc. Yes, when the father specifies that I bought this for my wife or your mother, and then it will belong to her if she takes ownership of that. But if there's no such thing, then it will be part of the husband's estate and at, uh, at the time of uh, demise it will be shared uh, amongst uh, the, the estate and those people that will be recipients of his uh, whatever is left behind of his inheritance fee. Is the money I receive from a road accident fund uh, permissible for me to use or should I dispose of it? 
it is permissible if you are a recipient in the road um, accident fund. And all of us, we are contributing to that. Whenever we buy fuel, uh, then we contribute to that fund, Shafat. So in the unfortunate event of an accident and uh, the government decides to pay you out that money, then it is permissible for you. You don't have to give anything away. You can use it on yourself or on your family, or you can do with it whatever you want. It belongs to you, G. Is it permissible to repel beggars who forever stand in front of uh, Masjid gates? What to do, Mufti Saab? Yes, it seems to be a big problem, and especially in the month of Ramadan. But remember, they know that the Muslims are very, very generous people. That's why they are standing at the gates of the masjid. You won't find them standing at the gates of churches as they stand at the gates of a masjid shafat. And I mean, you know that you are long in the da'wah business, and you see uh, how these people do, you know. So the Quran says, وَأَمَّسَا إِلَى فَلَاتَنْهَرْ As for the beggar, do not repel them. What you can do is you should educate them. Uh, you know, and I always say that it is it's best to give food items and ten items instead of uh, giving uh, money to them, inshallah. If you educate them about the severity of begging in Islam, and you take them inside the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that way you can empower them, but do not uh, chase them away, G. What is the possibility of uh, South African Muslims attending uh, this year's Hajj, uh, seeing uh, that Umrah pilgrims is allowed, Mufti? So many conditions attached to uh, Umrah pilgrims already, Shafat. You need both shots of vaccines and uh, you need uh, that green passport uh, to show that you've been vaccinated and you need to be COVID-free. So many conditions being attached, even just to enter the Raudatul Mubarakah in Medina. Uh, for that also, you need a COVID vaccine, both shots, etc. So I don't think that uh, Hajj will be possible this year. I can be wrong also, but uh, I've just read now that uh, uh, the Emirates, for example, has postponed flight for another two weeks uh, in April. Uh, so it will only uh, be coming to South Africa during the last part of April, subject uh, to being postponed again. So I think that they're still, uh, still scared of the variant of COVID that we have here in South Africa. That's why they're not ready to transport people from here to the kingdom as yet. So I don't think we should have our hopes up at this moment in time. We're still waiting for an official announcement from Sahuk as well, Shafarji. Mufti Saab, I'm afraid of attending masjid as I have, uh, still have so many health uh, complications. Any advice? Yes, if a person has genuine fear that a person will contract the virus or a person has comorbidities or health concerns, etc., hypertension, diabetes, and then the person may continue to read his salah at home, inshallah, that uh, make abundant istighfar and tawbah as well and make the niya that soon you will be joining the masses in congregation as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you better health, inshallah, ji. How many witnesses uh, does it require to sign a bequest? And should all be males or can it be mixed, uh, Mufti? You don't really need witnesses for that. When a person makes a bequest, normally it is in a written form, Shafat, uh, then that is a valid document, you know, if a person's signature is there. If a person does it verbally, then the person that he spoke to, that person becomes a witness in a testimony to what the person is bequested to do. So so you don't really need, but if you want, you can have uh, males or females. It doesn't really matter as long as you have signatories to, to sign uh, that you've made a bequest and it should be uh, executed at the time of your demise, G. Absolutely brilliant this morning, Mufti Saab. I really enjoyed your input and Alhamdulillah. Your parting words? Gee, inshallah, next week we'll be uh, starting the Ramadan edition, so all your Ramadan questions, uh, people can forward it now already, whatever has to do with medical, etc., uh, that will be answered in next Friday. So Allah grant us all khair, barak and afia, and make us of those people that will witness the glorious month of Ramadan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuhu. 
Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to our Mufti Ibrahim Smith and a big jazakallah khaira to you and you and you for sending in uh, those questions. Please stay tuned. You with Sirius FM 105.7, your number one station in the East Rand.